0: You are dialed into
1: the Success Line podcast,
0: the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is real people getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship editor and New York Times best-selling author Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are gonna meet them at the same time. We're gonna have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Welcome back to The Success Line. It is Rory Vaden. I am joined today by a brand new friend named Devin. And Devin is in the real estate business. He's been in the real estate business for a long time, which makes me think he's very successful. And uh, that's about all I know about him. I know he's got a question that we're going to dive into, one that our team uh, figured and assumed would be relevant to you. So anyways, uh, Devin, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks so much, Roy. I really appreciate being here, and I'm excited to have your coaching. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, well, this is great. So, so tell me a little bit. You know, just give me a little background on like uh, who you are, what you've been up to, what's your business. I mean, you're in you're in real estate, and you've been in it for a while, yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Been very blessed. Celebrating my 30th year is a real estate practitioner. i uh, started in residential income properties with apartments and then moved to development. And then now I'm in residential sales.
0: Got it. All right. And then how many, and what's your, what's your team size like right now? Like how many people are on the team?
1: Well, I have a local team here of about 30, and then I have a national team of uh, several hundred.
0: Got it. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. And then, uh, what? Tell us about your family life. Like, what's uh, what's your fa- what's your family setup?
1: Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, my my daughter is uh, nineteen years old. She's just starting the real estate journey herself. She's fifth generation real estate. Her great grandmother was the first female cool. president of the Beverly Hills Board of Real Estate. And ah. uh, my wife is also a broker, runs our property management business, and uh, my boys are 13 and 16, and uh, they have been sucked into open houses and everything else that's real estate. <laughs> so uh, we we live a blessed life where we're always on vacation and uh, we're always serving clients. I
0: love it. I love it. So it's a family operation. Yes, it is. Uh, well, Well, you got a good size crew going on there. Not, not even plus, plus the whole family stepping into it. So, um, the, uh, what's your, what's, what's going on? Like, what's your question for the success line?
1: Well, my question, Rory, has to do with this COVID world that we're in. Um, I I recently mm-hmm. uh, lost my executive assistant to uh, a relocation for COVID, as well as the fact that she has uh, had a baby, and she's still working with me virtually. But I'm looking for a new full time executive assistant, and my challenge is that with this ex- this uh, virtual physical world that we're dealing with right now, I'm trying to figure out how to best hire. Whether it's virtual or physical, and then how to put you know good controls on what that relationship looks like in order to bring value in both directions. Not only paying somebody a salary, but if they're going to be virtual, how do you monitor that? As well as um, you know, how do you how do you create that rapport that you don't you, you know you didn't have in the past? Now we're starting to come back into offices a little bit now, so that's kind of throwing a, an opportunity into the mix. But that that's kind of the general nature of the question.
0: Yeah. So it's just kind of like everything around sourcing an assistant, h- hiring them, paying them, training them, holding them accountable. And then specifically you've got this weird nuance about doing it physical or virtual because of like this weird COVID transition.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously two years ago we would have just been hiring, um, a new, a new assistant, uh, to come to my office and, you know, work the, the nine to five, but you know, the, uh, That that world is somewhat shifted. And and so I have not hired somebody that that's close to us that personally, obviously hired a lot of agents and a lot of other types of people that do things. But that's that can be done a lot more virtually, since there's such high interactivity with a with a good executive assistant, I'm just trying to figure out that mix.
0: Yeah. And how many, how many executive assistants have you hired? Was the last one your first one or have you been no, down this I've, road?
1: I've had executive assistants for my entire career, 30 years. So, um, I've, i thankfully had some that have lasted many, many years and some shorter and, um, I, I did a pretty exhaustive search to find my last executive assistant, and um, and and um, we knew she was at, of that age where you know she was going to go ahead and have kids, and she was she wasn't sure whether she was going to stay in it or not, but she's choosing more of the um, the the you know the motherhood path, which is perfect, and she's helping out part time with various things. But the fact is, I'm looking for that full time you know uh, person to my chief time ninja, if you will, someone to keep yeah. me on task.
0: Yeah, no, I love this. So, um, so I think the first decision point on this is probably exactly what you started with on the question, right? Is going in person or virtual. And I think that everybody who hires an assistant and we use a ton of them um, and we have, you know, we've had staff in our various companies. Um, uh, and, and in our new company, so today in brand builders group, we've got about 40 people on our team and we use a number of virtual people as well. And, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages of, of each of course. Um, so I guess that is kind of that first decision point is do you really need them in person? Yes or no. And, and in your case, it kind of sounds to me like you already have made that decision that really the answer is yes. Even if you don't go back tomorrow, the whole point of getting a new virtual assistant because you have your existing one or is it more, it's not that she's virtual. It's that she's part-time because now she's a mom and she's raising the kid. That's really the issue.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's that, it's, it's that there, that role is basically being diminished. I think that the, 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 the question, it's actually, a, uh, I'm back to really virtual or physical still. That's definitely one of the, the, the Decision pain points. points yeah. I, uh, during COVID, I've also collapsed some offices. I don't have the same kind of office space. I'm on a digital real estate platform. Um, so, you know, we're, we're a virtual company. You know, all these things are kind of coming together to the point where I think that virtual could be an option. I just am trying to wrap my brain around it.
0: Well, yeah. So, so here's, here's what's interesting. So I think that's the first big decision point. Cause that will determine lots of things, right? Pay and all that kind of stuff. And not only just pay, but when someone's in person, you know, you've got office space and a lot of times there's other expenses and somebody who you hire in person may also naturally lend itself to more of like a true, you know, employee with benefits. And, you know, there's other costs that come along with that Where versus a virtual person where you may be even even if they're doing a ton for you they may be servicing multiple clients but for anyone hiring an assistant the first step truly is to make a list of everything you really want that person to do right and is and is to go and 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 to start with the biggest things right so where's the immediate relief is like if uh you know that they can provide but, but to basically, you make that list and you go, okay, which of these things really require them being in person? And years ago, there was a ton of them, but these days, there's typically very few. So have you made that list or do you, can you rattle it off off the top of your head?
1: Yeah, well, I would say uh, it's chief focusing officer, chief time ninja. That's uh, the person that keeps me on task to my highest dollar Uh, per per hour activities. So um, it really is about scheduling and rescheduling and keeping me on task to, to the meetings that, um, I choose based on the priorities of my life. My, my, you know, my number one job description is really a listing agent. That's my highest dollar per hour activity. So making sure Um, that that. those appointments are confirmed and set. So many of those are being virtual now, by the way, very few home viewings in the, you know, or less home viewings in the process. Plus I also work with a lot of absentees and then, you know, I do a lot of zooms like we're doing right now. And, um, just making sure that people are showing up for that. Um I also um I recruit a lot of agents. So I I I work with um, you know, other people's schedules and agents are busy and they have to reschedule and all that kind of stuff. So that that's really the the big, big piece of the job. The other thing is Which uh, is calendar.
0: Tra- I count that as calendar calendar
1: management yep exactly okay. calendar management yeah. and um and and it's calendar against my priorities right it's calendar against my values um you know it's it's the ability for me to wipe the calendar if my 19-year-old daughter says hey dad I want to have lunch with you um, Well
0: every every calendar for every person should be against their priorities and their values but yeah
1: Well that's not always the case though right <laughs> No it's uh, not always <laughs> the
0: case but well and it, it sounds like you're kind of saying you're looking for a partner not only to handle the 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 mechanics of your calendar but that you're actually like you're saying a chief focusing officer almost like an accountability partner for you to say hey you said this is important so i moved this and that yeah kind of a thing yeah
1: right? Exactly. For instance, um, in this market, you know, um, I only work with what I call homeless buyers, homeless buyers must move. Uh, in other words, they literally don't have a home. I don't work with buyers who are looky lose or would like to, you know, all the other buyers in the world, we're just too crazy with our markets the way they are to, to, to work with anything but homeless buyers. So I need a vetting process on the buy side to make sure that my agents and myself are not working with buyers that don't have incredibly high motivation. Um, Mm-hmm. So, so those, so those parts of the job come into the knowledge of the real estate part as well. Right. Cause now you yep. need somebody that needs, they need to know calendar, but they need to know calendar against your values and then calendar against the, uh, the real estate market itself. And then it would be great if they knew real estate to answer basic questions.
0: So let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this in a different way. What are the things that this person would have to do that would cause them to have to be in person?
1: Um, just the taps on the shoulder, which I think can be solved by technology, most likely, you know, text and slack and all those kinds of things. So I I, I, I think uh, there's also the waving component where people are like, you know, waving at you, hey, man, you got to shut up and finish this call because you got the next person ready to go, that kind of <laughs> thing. Um, so that could be solved by video as well. I, I you know, I, I guess, you know, for 30 years, you're doing it one way and now COVID hits and you're doing it a different way. I've adapted pretty well and I'm pretty flexible, but I'm still I'm still not uh, like at peace, I would say. I, I'm still, you know, I, I guess you just got to try it out to see. Um, and I do use a lot of virtual assistants in the Philippines. And the thing yeah. that I find about that relationship is that um, I don't always get um, the same level of interactivity. It could be the cultural differences. It could be the quality of the people I'm working with. It could be a number of factors, but, um, I know what I don't want inside of that relationship. And that's kind of the, the, uh, the task-driven nature of a person. The thing that I'm looking for, as you got, to, as you probably can imagine here, Rory, is I'm looking for somebody that's got a brain and mm-hmm. understands and is at the same vibration level for how does it that Devin serves the world through his values, which is to help people on their journey to build generational wealth through real estate.
0: Do you have other people in person? Like, do you have an office manager or somebody locally? Because I get the I get the not Philippines thing. Although we and and uh, we we work with uh we actually work with philippine with filipino vAs like we have a lot of success with them for specific things and then there's right. other things you know like another thing for you here is the time zone thing is pretty important for your for your primary ea it's hard to not have them on your same kind of like at least close time zone um at least not internationally, like that would be wacky. But there's there are also a number of things like, hey, I'm meeting somebody, I need you to like, can you can you bring us lunch? Can you set up the room? Can you get me a flip chart? Like those things happen. So it's, it's like, if you have somebody else that's like an operations manager or a family manager or, you know, another assistant or something like that that can fill those, then to me, that opens up the idea of it being virtual. Because I actually hear you talking, again, it sounds to me like you're leaning in the direction of virtual, which so far I haven't heard any reason of why it couldn't be virtual, but somebody like yourself, I mean, if you got that many people, there's always a birthday present that needs to be wrapped. There is a, a bottle of wine that needs to be picked up. There is catering that needs to be, you know, there's the, somebody you know, did the HVAC guys come into the office? Someone's got to meet with them. Do you have someone else to help with those kinds of things that are more for like the company and not just you? Uh, uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, I do in the form of a 16 year old son and a 19 year old daughter who are part of the team. Um, So they just need to be directed by somebody other than myself. Um, But but other than them, no other than them no there's not a, there's not a specific runner position uh on the team or a a specific person that does that at the moment it's it's a really good idea though Rory what what's proce- what I'm what I'm processing is is a, a position that is specifically for that you know that type of runner role
0: yeah so cuz this changes the dynamics a lot which is why I asked the question somebody at your level needs to have someone who can do stuff like that and kids are great but you you don't you can't have your highest dollar per hour activities dependent on whether or not your kids can do it cuz they got other stuff they got to do right you got to have somebody who's like yeah, this is their job and they're going to do it so to me that shifts the conversation a little bit to go you do need somebody locally now it doesn't have to be your executive assistant it could be somebody else so it's possible to go, all right, maybe I can go get somebody at a lower dollar rate. And that person, um, does various things. And, and you also can bundle them with the house, right? So like, for example, just Vade and Villa at our house, we have a army of people that are supporting us with a multitude of things. But we have, we have, you know, people that help with the kids. We have people that, you know, help clean the house, do landscape. And we have a family manager who just helps with like Christmas presents, dry cleaning, meeting the plumber, like just those kind of things, which is more on the personal side as well as business things. So they'll do client loyalty gifting and like new mem. like if we bring on a new team member, we send them a little kit, right? And someone needs to like box that up. So you got to have that person and it, depending on your budget and you know, your capacity to manage somebody, I would say you either need That person plus an EA who could be virtual, or I would actually say you should focus on getting that person locally, even though a lot of it could be virtual. It helps so much to have at least one person to lean on for the physical stuff.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that's. I think this is a huge conversation, Rory. I think the thing that's going through my head as a, just a follow up question is the difference between a PA and a V and an EA, a personal assistant and an executive assistant, and how to how to get somebody to almost blend the two, or whether you actually need to have two separate. Because you're calling the family manager position a, um, you know, a, I think it, it's a great call out. I guess the question I would have is, it, it sounds like that position also could be called personal assistant.
0: Personal assistant, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh huh, yeah. So so, and and you know, it'd be a personal assistant to you and the family, right? I mean, they, we we occasionally do grocery runs, lots of gift runs, lots of gift wrapping, lots of room setup, right? Well, let's call let's not say room setup. And then on the business side, they're all they're also like an assistant for the business, which is like, hey, can you go? You know put together this new, you know, new team member welcome kit. Can you send a thank you gift to that client? Can you book a dinner reservation for the client meeting? Can you, well, that could be virtual, but setting up a room, right? If like we're having a leadership offsite meeting and it's like, hey, we need a flip chart and blah, 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 blah someone to meet the caterers there. And like, so that could be personal assistant would be a term for that. Yes. Um, okay. To, to, to me, I, you know, I don't know that there's a formal definition for this, but here's one thing I would say an executive assistant, at least in my world is someone who reads, who has access to read my emails. Mm -hmm. And it is somebody who, you know, has my credit card numbers and it is somebody who like um, knows my calendar. Like they know where I'm at every minute of every day. Um, Whereas more of like a personal assistant or an office manager, you know, or some blend of those, it's kind of like, they're really just like knocking down tasks that were given them. For mm-hmm. different things, yeah, and
1: yeah, you can blend them.
0: You right. now you you can blend them. Now here's the thing. Okay. So, so, so just like, just like your highest value time is doing your highest value activities over time, you work on getting your assistance assistance, which is kind of how I think of that, right? Mm -hmm. Is we're constantly trying to either get assistance or entry level people to come in and replace the more repetitive, mundane, rhythmic, you know, minutiae, whatever words you want to use type tasks to free up our people to do more thinking and more strategic work. Um, Mm -hmm. So you could start with one person and, and my, my initial thought here with you is going, you sound like you're a busy guy hiring two people now creates extra work for you. My thought would be, why don't we take a swing at trying to find an awesome person locally Uh and let's see, let's see what happens. Um, because the other thing is you already have this other part-time virtual person who you've worked with, who's available to go. You could almost do the reverse where to the extent you have virtual overflow, that person might be able to help and your executive assistant, if they're local to you, they could take on some more of the physical things. You may or may not want to do that, but it's possible. Um, but either way, it's like I would swing for a local person first, um, if possible, unless it's just a money thing, if it's a money thing and you go, uh, I don't know. I think you, I get the sense you live in Southern California somewhere. Right. So it's like, you know, it's expensive. It's expensive to hire people in Southern California and the cost of living is higher and the taxes are high and, you know, health insurance and blah, 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 blah. So you go, well, if that's the case, then you go, maybe I, uh, even so though, I would still try to hire my, my, It's going to be easier to to hire a personal assistant to fill the gaps. Uh, So it's like, let's go for the primary player first. And it would be easier to go, let's see if we can get that top person locally. And then... They can do some of the physical stuff and then I'll plan in two months, three months, six months to, to bring on a personal assistant to take off some of that stuff from them to free them up to do more calendar, email, client facing communication type type mm-hmm. work. But I would swing for that person locally unless it's a, a money thing. But even if it's a money thing, I would say I would still go for that main person try to land them first, see what competences you can get and then kind of backfill. And then in the short term on the physical stuff you'd use, you know, yourself and the kids and, you know, whatever. But if you can get that local person, man, it's a game changer to have at least, at least somebody there to like help you with running errands if you don't have that in any other part of your life.
1: I think you're spot on. I, the biggest thing, biggest takeaway I'm getting is, is, um, looking for that executive assistant level locally. That's actually that clarity in itself is mind boggling for me. Cause it's just opened up a lot of avenues for me to just basically go back to the playbook that I already have used in the past. Um, and uh, you, you brought up a whole bunch of other topics. It's probably a topic for another day, but, you know, I do work with my wife and my kids. And so there is a dynamic of family that comes along. So we're, lo- we're you know, we are looking for somewhat of an adopted family member uh, in the process because they're interfacing with all of us. Um, and, uh, and then of course we vacation a ton. So it's, it's holding down the fort and everything from dog watching coordination yes. to everything else. So, yes, um.
0: <laughs> everything, everything you, 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 you you know, here's the thing about assistance, right? So people are always saying, I can't afford one, right? Or like, you know, I can't afford it. You already are affording it. You're either paying someone else at their rate, or you're paying yourself at yours. So you are paying that it's either it's as opportunity cost of the other stuff you could be doing or you're paying someone else and it's always going to be cheaper. You know, anyone who's in a pay for performance model, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, real estate agent, contractor, like anyone who's pay for performance, it's always going to be worth it. And here's the other thing. Do y'all have house cleaners? Oh yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So house cleaners, like first move, first move, change your marriage, change your life, change your mental health, get a house cleaner. Right. Right. Um, And you know, you can get care. We use, we use care.com for, for elderly care, pet care, kid care, home care, you know, you've got things like tackle and task rabbit, everything, everything that you can delegate that you don't do for enjoyment, right? Right. That you don't want to do. Like if you like hanging pictures by all means, but if you're Rory Vaden and you go to hang a picture and it ends up with a four foot hole in the wall, like get someone (laughs) to do it and just pay the, pay the money. Um, right because it frees you up to do the things um, that only you can do but but you know in in our plan it's like okay you know clean the someone to clean the house someone to do the do the yard someone to help with personal then then an executive assistant then a personal assistant family manager um, and then you know helping with grocery shopping or whether you're getting you um, you know, like we are using meal kits all the time. I've, you know, I've, there's a bunch of them out there. Right. So four times a week, we got a meal kit coming, and then it's like, and then someone to help you prep it. Now, if you like to cook, great, you do it. But if not someone who can help you help you prep e- every, e- everything that you can do. Um, because you know, the way that you multiply time, this is, you know, this is what my Ted talk was about. You multiply time, by spending time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. Mm. So there are certain things
1: Say that things one that, again, that, that, that needs to sink in deeper.
0: The way you multiply time is by giving yourself the emotional permission to spend time on things today that create more time tomorrow. Mm. There, There's nothing we can do inside of one day to create more time, but it is possible to create time. You create time in the future by what you do today. I can't Mm -hmm. teach you how to create time inside of one day. We all have the same 24 hours, but there are things like hiring an assistant that are investments of time that you invest today because tomorrow the assistant is doing it. So this, you know, the, the book for those of y'all. So this was my second book. It's called procrastinate on purpose, five permissions to multiply your time. And I walk through the focus funnel, eliminate, automate, delegate, concentrate, and procrastinate. There are, what we're talking about here with an assistant is delegate. It is one of the five ways to multiply time. It's the permission to invest the permission to invest the time and the money it takes to get it done. Right. So that in the future, this person is doing it instead of me. Automate is a very similar concept, except automate is instead of hiring a person it's creating a process it's taking the time to set up the process today cuz then in tomorrow the process is handling it instead of me or any other person which is even better which is why in the focus funnel automate precedes delegate because if you can automate it it's even better it never even gets to a person because the process is just dealing with it or the technology or or whatever um mm. So yes, you know, I am a, I am a, I'm a fan of hiring as many people as you can. Plus you're creating jobs, you're creating jobs, you're driving, you, you're sharing, you're sharing your wealth, you're getting margin for your family and your time. Um, and um, so I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that. So, so the first question is basically going like, what do I need? I think we've gotten clear on that. The second question, whenever it comes to assistance is how do I find them? Mm -hmm. right? So you got to inventory, what do I need? And then you go, okay, this is what I need. That's the first step, just a dump of like, this is everything I need them to do. And then the second question is how I find them. What's your plan for that, Devin?
1: Well, in the past, I've used basically three methods. Um, I've used uh, headhunters, which I think is effective. Um, I've used uh, my my social networks and my sphere of influence. Um, And then I've you know, gone to, um, um, job hiring sites. Those are really the three methods that I've used in the past. Um, so the one that's been most effective over the re- most recent periods of time has been headhunters, uh, because they you know, the job market is so good right now that you have to lure people away from other opportunities where they're maybe not as happy or, or unfulfilled in some way to get them to come onto your journey. Um, so that, that to me, I think is what I would probably consider first. Um, the people that are, you know, posting resumes and things like that, I just haven't found the quality to be the same as somebody who's gainfully employed.
0: Where are you posting?
1: Uh, all the typical, you know, indeed type of sites, the, you know, the, uh, the, the yeah, job, most, the, the, the job
0: boards, the job boards. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so and again, like I said, the
1: the problem with the people looking there is that they're looking, that's the problem. Um, and I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but but the the fact is that when they're looking, that generally means that um, they're not head down into the opportunity where headhunters come in and they say, Hey, I've got a great opportunity, Uh, let me tell you about it. Um, now I think you can probably third party that there might be a hybrid version of a of a headhunting process i'm not sure but that's kind of that's kind of my hallucination yeah, well, right
0: now yeah we we've helped we've worked with a lot of headhunters i like i, I like headhunters for certain things but the thing i would say always is just for everybody is don't like the lazy thing to do is like let's post on indeed uh now, if you're going to post somewhere, I'm a bigger fan. I actually, we've had a lot of success with LinkedIn. Like mm. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a few hundred bucks. I, you know, it might be like f- four or 500 bucks, but you can get some really quality people that are local. Plus you have the ability to click through and see their profile and learn a number of different things there. Um, you know, and we're, we're, we're big fans also of contracting part-time help. Even at the highest levels, like we have fractional CFO at Brand Builders Group because we we're only two years old, so we haven't yet scaled this new company to a point where we can support a full CMO and a full CFO. We have fractional CMO and fractional CFO right now, so mm. we're big fans of even fractionals at the high level and at the low level too, low quote unquote low level at the at the entry level of of saying. Um, you know, like Upwork, like we use Upwork for stuff all the time. Like Upwork's a great site for, you know, if you need a, whatever, a web developer and technical skills and stuff. But, but anyways, I say all that to say, there's a lot of places you can go to find these people. The best place always is your sphere of influence is what you, what you said. So just to edify that before you drop money on that, it's kind of, lazy in a way. Cause it's like, ah, let's just throw up a post and just, you know, get a bunch of resumes. And it's like, before you do that, Make sure you send out an email to your friends and family. Make sure you tell your team. Like the number one best place to recruit team members is from your current team members. Your current team members are there voting with their time every day that they believe in you and your mission and that they want to work with people who they like. So they have reasons to refer people to you, particularly for something like this. It's different, you know, for an executive assistant, which is a fairly broad skill set. It's different if you're like, you know, you're trying to go hire like, you know, some coder in some weird programming language. It's like, yeah, you might be engaging a headhunter, but, um, you know, that would be, I would just to echo and edify what you said, make sure that your friends and family list knows you're looking for somebody. That's the other reason why it's, it's great about LinkedIn is if you post it on LinkedIn and then you share it to Facebook and Instagram and email it out, like you, you share that job description out with your network, um, But yeah, I mean, those are, those are most of the places, but I, I feel like you should be able to get a, you know, a pretty awesome executive assistant. I mean, usually you wouldn't see a headhunter for an executive assistant unless it's like a fortune 100 CEO and it's, you know, the assistant's going to make whatever, eighty five, dollars a hundred thousand dollars a year, which is pretty rare. Um, But, um, well, that's what I pay. are, are you are you paying that much well you know you might you might get your assistant off this podcast interview if that's the case <laughs> uh, <laughs> just go to the success line go to the success instagram handle and leave a comment if you say hey for 85 grand i'll be devin's assistant i'll learn anything um right thank you and yes um one other last little thing that's just coming to me i know we got it. we have to wrap this but um yeah, so if you got a plan for paying and and you know if you are paying in all seriousness, if you are paying that kind of money, I I actually would, you know, that is a place where you go. If you're going to pay that kind of money, it probably is worth the money to have a headhunter actually do it and 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 do it right. So, you you know, it's like it's almost like the the higher you go, the the more you keep paying, but you're really going for a super high-level person. Um but if that's the case, then it would be like why not get a virtual person who's a total ninja? and you know, you end up, maybe you do get a headhunter and maybe you save money because it's like someone who lives in Des Moines, Iowa, and or you know forty minutes outside of Des Moines, Iowa, but they've been in EA for twenty five years to some awesome executives and then go, yeah, I'll use, I'll use care.com or Upwork or Elance or Facebook marketplace or something and, and, and get somebody locally for whatever, 20, $25 an hour to help me right. do, do that, that stuff.
1: I like this. I like this conversation, Rory. I think, I think you just uh, really brought some clarity to this whole concept of how to find quality talent. You know, the, 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 the thing that goes through my head as you're saying that is that here in Southern California, Um, sure. There's a lot of great talent, but there's a lot of great attractors as well to the lifestyle that we have around us. I mean, basically, you know, we have just an amazing weather pattern and people need to make really great money, but you could really ramp up the quality of the person you're getting by taking that local money that you're willing to pay and and spread it nationally, take that really great virtual EA and then have them work, have them figure out what kind of talent to use for the local.
0: Yeah. And that's the cool That's the cool thing is that gives them a task, by the way. So this is something I wanted to say, uh, you talked about earlier about like, um, you know, when you, when you hire an assistant, the first thing is you got to inventory, everything you need, right. Then you got to find them. So you got to create a job post and send it out to friends and family, or you post it on indeed and LinkedIn and wherever, or you get a headhunter, but either way, like, you create the job post, you post it and you got to find them. You got to figure out a pay plan. And then once you hire somebody, then you got to train them. The thing that you got to do, and the younger you are, the more important this is, you need to start building an administrative training manual. You got to build a training manual for your executive assistant, the same way that you, I bet you have a training manual for your agents, right? There's probably like you know, a list, this is what a listing presentation should look like. And here's a checklist of what should happen every time you have an open house and yada, yada, yada. Here's how you ask for referrals. We, but, and then people just hire an assistant and they go, well, yeah, here's my calendar, my inbox go. And it's just like this mess. So guess who the best person is to create your executive assistant training manual.
1: Besides me, you mean, um, yeah, the executive assistant, right?
0: Yeah. The, your current executive assistant,
1: Right, right, exactly. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I have one. We're dialed in on that topic, so okay, good. we we literally have you know multiple hundreds of pages of manuals and and Zoom recordings and videos and you know uh, Loom videos and yeah we we uh, m- much of what we have yes. is already factori- factorized. factoryized. Um, so that that's like not the challenge. Like operationalized
0: and built in right. and yeah. Yeah. I just well, need I just need
1: I just need the border the boundary between all of that which is leaking over right now to my side versus what, you know, what's on the other side inside the factory, if you will.
0: Uh, huh. well, I love it. You're way far ahead, which is no surprise given, given your experience and your track record and, uh, how successful you already are. You know, it's one thing is maybe going like, is there a place in the personal life to do some of this, the, the, the same? Um, and then, you know, here's, here's something I, I, I want to, you know, kind of land this conversation on. Um, So when I was doing the profiles for Procrastinate on Purpose, which is the book where I was was profiling all these multipliers and I was asking them, how do they, which are top one percenters, that's what a multiplier, how we classified it, is we said, how do they think differently about time? Um, And one of the most powerful quotes that came out of one of these interviews was somebody said, Rory, you have to remember that 80% done right by somebody else is always better than a hundred percent done right by me.
1: Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you there's another piece of the conversation when you're in a domestic partnership, that's also a business partnership where you have the opportunity to get everybody on the same page about what that looks like. Um, leverage is another piece of that puzzle that it becomes interesting. Cause as you move over to the domestic side, like you said, there's a, there's a family operations manual that can can be highly effective from everything from vacation planning to grocery shopping, all that stuff. And um, and and that leverage frees up partners, family partners to do higher and better use things. Yes. Um, so that 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 and that has to be that has to be um, managed and, and routed carefully because everybody loves to do what they love to do. So you have to balance that out too.
0: Well, and you got to, you, you know, you have to do, it's funny, like, and and this is a thing. uh, So, so uh, my wife was my business partner in our former venture that, that uh, we sold a few years ago and she's the CEO of Brand Builders Group. I function more like the CMO, but she's the CEO. So we've always worked together. And it's funny, you know, especially moms, they have this like emotional, it's like an emotional thing of like, ah, if I'm not the one making the kids lunch, or I'm not the one folding their underwear, or I'm not the one like cleaning up their, their, their mess you know, I'm a bad mom. And in reality, like the point of doing all this is not because you're lazy and not because you're like trying to get out of parenting. It's the opposite. It's to go, I need help to do all that stuff so I can actually be with my kids. Like, it's not because I'm lazy and it's not because I'm trying to be a bad parent. It's, it's going, no, I, anyone who runs a household runs a business, a household is a business. It requires the same level of strategic thinking, operationalizing, planning, executing rhythms, accountability, and going the more help we can do that. The more we have time to be together as a family with our kids you know, in prayer, in meditation, in exercise, Mm -hmm. in our dating relationship. Um, And so it's the, all of these are investments into your health and your future. And it's like, if you're not willing to spend your money on that, then why the heck, what the heck are you working for? Like, you don't need another car. You need more time. You don't need a nicer house. You need less stress. You don't Mm -hmm. need more money in your bank account. You need more peace peace and margin and space to do love and life and relationships. Mm. And um, so anyways, Amen, Devin.
1: Brother. Amen.
0: Thank you for coming on the show. Great thank conversation. Uh, let us know if you hit me up on Instagram, uh, just shoot me a, you know, send me a DM and we'll go back and forth. I'll send you a link to my Ted talk. It's, it's okay. worth the 18 minutes to watch it.
1: Who says I haven't watched it yet?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. We wish you all the best. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Devin. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Appreciate you. That was such an important conversation that we had with Devin, specifically because I think it is applicable to... Everybody, <laughs> there's a good chance that you are struggling with this, or you will be at some point. Going, how do I find an assistant or my next assistant? Um, if you've never had one, this is a game changer. And and by the way, this is a natural moment for me to I want to point you towards um, achievers.success.com. Um, if you go into the achievers, the success achievers community, and you find my profile in there. I did a full length, I want to say nine, 10 minute video um, that we posted on YouTube, the link to it, or or you could go to success magazine's YouTube channel and see it um, as well on exactly all the steps of finding an assistant. So you should check that out. If you can't find it, just go find me on Instagram at Rory Vaden and send me a DM uh, or leave a comment and I will, I will directly point you to that link. Um, But a couple of the key takeaways from the conversation with Devin. All right. So, number one, you can afford an assistant right? Because you already are affording it. That is the, th- the the mindset here. This is the mindset of a multiplier. And, and, you know, I, I don't want to make too many plugs for my Ted talk or for my procrastinate on purpose book, but it's like, that is ex- this conversation is what that entire book was based upon. And um, that whole study, because this was a struggle of my personal life for years about feeling overwhelmed and busy and behind and, and, and going, how do you break free of that? Well, One of the biggest things, which is all around delegating is, is understanding that you already are affording an assistant because you're either paying someone else at their rate of pay or you're paying you yourself at yours. Now, how do you calculate what your own rate of pay is? That's a concept that we call MVOT, M-V-O-T. It stands for the money value of time. Not to be confused with the time value of money. The time value of money is basically how much do you, you know, if I invest a dollar today, what is it worth in the future? That's time value of money. What I'm talking about is what is the actual money value of your time? And the way that you calculate that is you basically just take your total earnings for the year, divided by the number of hours approximately that you work, that will give you your estimated hourly rate of pay. And we all have one, even if you're not paid per hour, even if you're paid for results, performance, profits, commissions, however you're paid, whatever your total earnings are, divided by the total amount of time that you worked, will give you a sense of, you know, how much, how much you make per hour. And the fact of the matter is that if you're, Paid for results, then you, in almost every uh, circumstance or occasion, someone who is paid for their results has the opportunity to go out and earn a much higherly um, average hourly rate of pay than what it would cost to hire an assistant. Um, and so, anything that's taking your time is costing you that rate of pay. So instead of the opportunity cost, uh, instead of charging yourself with the opportunity cost, what you're doing is you're going out, you're hiring uh, an assistant for a set Pay, of which of course there is some risk there because that money is money that you're really paying. But then you're you're trusting yourself to go do the work and perform and do all the things you you are capable of doing. Specifically, if you listen to this podcast and and other podcasts like this, and you read the books and you do personal development and you get coaching and you get growth, you will perform at a higher level. It does work. This stuff works. Um it's 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 not a question of does it work? It's a question of will you learn it and will you do it? But let's assume that you will. Um, then what's going to happen is you're going to profit on that spread. The, the, the amount, the extra earnings you got less, the amount it cost you for your assistant, that's a huge amount of money. And this is how you multiply time. Remember what I said in the interview, which is the same in my TED talk. It's the same in the procrastinate on purpose book. We figured out how to literally create more time. It is possible to create more time, even though you hear time's the one thing you can never get more of. That is not true. You can get more time. You can't get more time inside of one day, but you spend time on things today that create more time tomorrow. That's how you multiply time. Hiring an assistant today won't, won't make you more time. It'll cost you time. You're going to invest that time. You're going to have to sacrifice spending time on something else, but it is a worthwhile sacrifice because it's not a sacrifice. It's an investment because once you invest that time today, every day into the future that your assistant is doing that task for you, it is saving you time. It is saving you the time that you would have otherwise been spending on that task yourself. This is how you multiply time, a concept that we invented, coined, but we identified it through the minds and observing through all of our you know, various coaching clients and our work with you know, ultra performers around the globe. Anything you create a process for today saves you time tomorrow. Um, so you can afford it. That's the first thing is to realize you already are affording it. You already are spending this money in terms of the opportunity cost of your own time. So don't think that you can't realize that you can do it. And then make, just make sure you don't spend the extra time watching Netflix, right? Make sure you're using that time to go out and optimize, which you will, right? You're not listening to this podcast because you're a slacker. You're listening to this podcast because you're an achiever. That's why you're here. This is what achievers listen to. That's what success magazines tagline is, right? What achievers read you your achiever. Um, so do that. Number two, when it comes to finding your, exist, your executive assistant, but I'd also say when it comes to finding anybody for your team, right? Whether we're trying to hire, hire a salesperson, whether we're trying to find another strategist, whether it's an executive assistant, a COO, a CMO, a CFO, an accountant, a copywriter, a graphic designer, a social media assistant, it doesn't matter. Whatever position that you are trying to hide, not hide, whatever position that you are trying to hire, Search your sphere of influence before you search from strangers, right? Access your sphere of influence before you access a sphere of strangers. It's I'm not saying that you can't hire great strangers, you can. We've hired a bunch of them over the years. We use job boards, we've used headhunters, um, you know, we've 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 done all of those things, several of which we talked about in in the coaching call here with Devin. But I'm saying the best, fastest way, most affordable way to a great person is to start with your sphere. Ask the people that you know, and you don't necessarily ask them if you want, if they want to work with you, you ask them, you tell them, Hey, I'm looking for someone who can blank. Is there anybody, you know, who a lot of times when you do that, you'll stumble across really amazing People with some really great skill sets. Sometimes they're friends and family. Sometimes it's the kid down the street. Sometimes it's the grandson of somebody, or it's it's the grandpa of somebody, right? Or it's somebody's uncle or cousin. But you meet great people who are there's just trust, accelerated trust when you start with your sphere. So whenever it comes to recruiting and hiring, start with your sphere first. Start with your sphere first. Go out, you know, to strangers second. All right. And then the third takeaway, which is, you know, something that we said in this interview and, and this is one of the most transformative and powerful instructional concepts that I have ever experienced in, in my life. Um, This came directly, as I said, from an interview, one of the profiles we were doing um, for the book of the multipliers. And they said, Rory, you have to remember 80% done right by someone else is always better than hundred percent done right by you, which is what we call the permission of imperfect. It is allowing yourself to break free of the permission of, uh, or to give yourself the permission of imperfection and to break free of the constraints of perfectionism. This is really hard for achievers to do to get to the next level. Because what happens is you got here by being perfect. You, you know, you got here by achieving, you got here by producing great results, but what got you here as a performer won't get you there as a leader. What got you here as a performer is doing everything excellently yourself, but that is not what leadership is about. One of my favorite quotes on this is from Andy Stanley, who's an amazing communicator. Um, I, I listened to as much of Andy Stanley stuff as I can. And one of the things that Andy Stanley says is, as he said, you have to remember leadership isn't about getting things done right. Leadership is about getting things done through other people. Leadership is about getting done thing, getting things done through other people. And so that is what you need to realize is it's not just getting it done right. It's not getting it done by yourself. It is helping other people get it done. And if they can get it 80% done right, that's always better than 100% done right by you. But that is a growth area for a lot of us. That is, that is why we say, give yourself the permission to spend time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. That's why the subtitle of Procrastinate on Purpose is five permissions to multiply time. The permission of imperfection is one of the key five permissions that achievers have to learn and give themselves in order for them to move from being an achiever to being an ultra performer and a multiplier. And that is what you're doing by listening to this show every week and tuning in uh, and being here with me and our guests. So rich, this is so rich. You know, this show was such an experiment of going, you know, could we do a live, a, a, a call with, uh, you know, a show of just live coaching calls. And, um, I hope you're loving it. And, and please let me know, you know, hit me up on Instagram, go to, you know, let us know on success magazines, Instagram handle, um, leave us, you know, most of all, leave us a review in iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen. And just let us know what you think. But I sure am having fun. And I find this to be very, very rich because it's the practical application, not just a theory of personal development and business, but actually applying it to real life people. And I'd love to see you on the show. If you want to come on, go to success.com forward slash success line guest and apply to come on the show. Um, but whether you come on the show or not keep tuning in, keep coming back, keep listening in to the success line. If you would like to appear on the success line, head to success.com slash success line guests to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate review. And most of all, tell your friends, this has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more. Just like it.